Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, I get a lot of feedback on shows, but rarely do I get the volume of feedback overseas I did on my show about what's happening in the new uh, police state of uh, Melbourne, Australia, an experiment in police state tactics. They have basically used the coronavirus, a very serious virus, uh, no doubt, but as an excuse to just destroy people's civil liberties. I'll stay on this story to all our Australian listeners. I am on it. I promise you, I am with you. My heart, my head, my soul is with you. What's happening over there is a disgrace. People getting locked up, people getting harassed by the police, now, people not allowed out of their house, absolutely disgraceful. I got, um, you know, I'll try to give you a quick update on that during the week. I've got a couple surprises coming later in the week. You're going to want to pay attention to Friday's show. Let me wink and a nod now. It's going to be a very, very important show. Not for the reasons you think it's important, but loaded show today. Got that uh, trap. Trump set a trap for the Democrats. I told you about this last week. Here was the trap. Here were the Democrats. Here's the Democrats falling in the trap. That happened. And I got a Spygate update. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Keep your online activity free from prying eyes. Get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, hey, sir. man, I'm doing well. But I'll tell you what, judging from the stuff you sent me to pull, this yes. is going to be one heck loaded. of a show. Yeah. Yeah, it is. This is. We may have to go over today, folks. It's going to be All a loaded right. show. So let's get right yeah. to it. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Allform. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know how much I love Helix mattresses. They're the best. We have one. Love it. Sleeping on a cloud. Exciting news. Helix has gone from the mattress game beyond the bedroom and started making sofas too. They launched a new company called All Form, and they're making premium, customizable sofas and chairs ship right to your door. So what makes an All Form sofa really cool? It's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. Well, how do they do it? Well, you get to pick your fabric, spill, stain, and scratch resistant. The sofa color, color of the legs, the sofa size and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your house and the layout. They've got armchairs, love seats, all the way up to an eight seat sectional. So there's something for everyone. You can always start small, buy more seats later if you want to customize it to your house. All form sofas are delivered directly to your home with fast, free shipping. In the past, if you wanted to order a sofa, it'd take weeks or even months to arrive and you need someone to come and assemble it in your home. All form takes just three to seven days to arrive in the mail and you can assemble it yourself in a few minutes. It's really that easy. No tools even needed. Paula did it. She did it quick, lickety-split. We have an all-form sofa. Took us a few minutes to set up. Super comfy. If getting a sofa for you, you want it without uh, you want it without trying it and going to a store sounds a little risky, don't worry. Go to all-form. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up free and send you a full refund. They have a forever warranty. Literally forever. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash Dan. That's A L L. F-O-R-M, allform.com slash Dan. Allform's offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash Dan. Go today. These sofas are awesome. You're going to love them. Allform.com slash Dan. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, baby. 
So uh, let's get to this first. So on Friday's show, I warned you, I warned that the Democrats are just not, I'm sorry, I'm not talking about voting Democrats out there. I don't mean to stereotype a group of people, but the Capitol Hill Democrats are really just dunces. Uh, dunces. I mean, they, they could have listened to my show on Friday and I warned them that the president was setting a trap for them, which they dutifully fell in. I warned them, not to give them any help, just to show you how dumb they really are. He was setting the clearest trap possible by proposing a number of executive orders on student loans, on unemployment payment continuation, um, and other things as well, including a payroll tax suspension. The distinction will be important in a minute. And I warned them, I said, Democrats, if you don't get to the table right now and negotiate with the president, he is going to wreck you again because what's going to happen? He's going to enact it himself, whether you agree with that or not, and that's a fair argument to have. And you're going to be forced to do what? Sue the president about keeping people from unemployment benefits? <laughs> Joe. Yeah. Joe. Dude. Joe. Yeah. Did we not warn them? Oh, yeah. Did we not? Yeah. Did we not tell them? Get back to the table, Democrats. Trump yeah. is going to smoke you all out. And they fell right in the trap. Ew. So what happened? So President Trump, like we said he was going to do, enacted a couple of, signed a couple of executive orders on things like student loans, unemployment benefits, and a payroll tax suspension. Again, important, which I'll get to in a minute. I'll describe exactly what he did. And now the Democrats find themselves in a position of having to argue against the continuation of unemployment benefits uh, during a massive recession. Right. Oh, Joe, Joe. Only the most <laughs> predictable own in human history. I warned you idiots. You didn't listen. So, of course, what happened? He did it, and Chuck Schumer had a hissy fit. He goes on ABC News with George Stephanopoulos and is now arguing, well, it didn't go far enough. Oh my, well, what did you do? You did nothing. So Trump just steamrolled you, Zambonied you, right railed right over you, <laughs> and now you're left saying what? Yeah. Well, we could have done more but didn't? Here's Chuck Schumer whining with George Stephanopoulos on, was it ABC? How this, it, it doesn't go far. Keep in mind, they were proposing nothing because they wouldn't come back to the table and negotiate seriously. Check this out. Well, let me first say, George, that overall we have this huge crisis, the largest economic crisis since the Depression, the greatest health crisis since the pandemic. And unfortunately, the president's executive orders described in one word could be paltry in three words, unworkable, weak, and far too narrow. The event at the country club is just what Trump does, a big show, but it doesn't do anything. And as the American people look at these executive orders, they'll see they don't come close to doing the job in two ways. One, what is what they proposed, and second, what's left out. This is great. One, if you're watching the clip on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino, did you notice something, Joe? Do you notice Schumer's looking at notes? Ah. Do you notice that? Watch the YouTube channel. He has to look at his notes because he doesn't even know what's in the executive order. He has no, he idea. no idea. He's like, these executive orders suck. <laughs> Hold on. Here's what, did you watch him? He has to look at the notes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they suck so bad he doesn't even know what in it, what's in them. So Schumer's argument now is we did nothing. Trump did something and it doesn't go far enough compared to the nothing we did. Schumer, zero, nothing. Trump, Maybe, I don't know, four or five out of 10 on this thing. Tr Schumer zero. Schumer's arguing his zero is greater than Trump's five. He did nothing. Now, Schumer and Pelosi, again, trap. Here's the trap down here. Here's Trump up here setting up the Democrats. He says, hey, hey, walk forward. There's a little cliff there. Democrats, okay. <laughs> 
This was only the most predictable political own in human history. I'm going to do something, Trump says, and challenge you idiots to do something else because you're doing nothing now and they've done nothing. So Schumer's only argument here is, well, it doesn't go far enough compared to the nothing we did. You don't believe me? Here's another clip of Schumer who's who gets asked shockingly by a reporter, Joe, incredibly, who has a moment of, uh, you know, journalistic interest. You don't see this much with reporters who says to Schumer at this quickie presser, well, you guys didn't do anything. So isn't this better than nothing? And listen to Schumer. Ah, have a hissy fit meltdown. This is terrific. Check this out. Given the stalemate uh, in Congress, can you understand the president taking executive action? It's not a stalemate in Congress. It's that our Republican friends refused to meet in the middle. We said, we'll meet you right in the middle. And they said, no, we want it our way or no way. I said what I said about the executive orders. I says what I says, what I says, what I said, just said about the, he can't even answer it. Do you hear the reports? Joe had to work some magic with that. Cause Something. remember it's not. Yeah, it's, I know exactly. Joe had to like <laughs> boost that because the guy's talking in New York city traffic, the reporter Schumer's on a mic. The reporter's not, but if in case you missed it, the reporter clearly says, well, isn't what Trump did better than nothing. I says what I says, what I say. He doesn't have an answer Schumer because trap Democrats, only the most predictable political own in modern American history. I'm going to sign an executive order and I'm going to challenge you guys to take away people's unemployment benefits. And they did it because they're really stupid. Now, what exactly did Trump do? Specifics matter. Details matter. We do actual, actual reporting on this show, unlike elsewhere. Um, well, let's go through it. The best piece I saw was in the Wall Street Journal, which kind of sums up three core tenets of the executive orders called Trump's executive orders. <laughs> Handily enough, he escapes Pelosi's political trap, but uses Obama's pen and phone method. What they're talking about here is Pelosi was trying to set him up. Pelosi, master political tactician. Chris Wallace on Fox this weekend wrecked her on that, by the way. Pelosi, so we're clear on what, the, what happened here. Pelosi thought she had Trump penned in. Pun intended. Pelosi's like, if we don't get what we want, $3 trillion in new spending, uh, no litigation protection for businesses, they don't want any litigation protection for businesses at all because they're in the pocket of the, of the trial bar, the trial lawyers. Pelosi figured, Joe, make sure you make sense or else the rest won't. Pelosi figured Trump's got an election coming up, obviously, the presidential election in just, what, 80-something days now. If I hold out, on giving you the American taxpayer relief during the economic uh, COVID crisis, Trump will have to come to the table to get you relief. And I'm holding all the cards because we have the majority in the house. Gotcha. That was Pelosi's trap. Copy. Trump basically took Pelosi's trap and threw her trap into his trap for a double trap and won because he said, okay, well, I don't have to negotiate with you. I'm going to sign executive orders instead and then make you block them. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? You like that? The double trap a What's that? The flipper? Yeah, Paul is right. The dipsy do flipper I tried that stunt on Paul and we were dating. It didn't work. The dipsy do flipper You know, when they get mad at you and then you get mad at them because they're mad at you, thinking what you did won't be bad because you're pretending you're madder than they are at you. The dipsy do. It didn't work. She called right on to the dipsy do. So, what did Trump do? Is it legal? We're getting that question a lot. Hey, Dan, we all spoke out against Obama's executive orders. We should be speaking out now. Obama's exact. Listen, 
Not a fan of executive orders. Let me be crystal clear. But you're asking me a very simple question. Is it legal? You're not asking me, is it right? I don't like executive orders. Period. Full stop. Everybody got that? Mm -hmm. You can cut the tape right there. Don't like them. Wish we wouldn't do them. That's not the question I've been asked. I've been getting emails all weekend. Is what he did legal? Well, let's go to screenshot number one from the Wall Street Journal piece about the first big tenant of this, uh, uh, which is a payroll tenant, which is a payroll tax deferment. They're not canceling your payroll taxes. He's basically saying you don't have to pay them until a certain point, but then they're going to have to be repaid. Let me, uh, here's how the Wall Street Journal describes it. So he says the president's resort to executive orders is a separate issue, and it's worth considering all four in turn. The deferral of payroll taxes for Americans earning less than $104,000 a year is through December 31st, and it poses no legal issues. Again, I'm not asking you if it's right. If it's, is it legal? The answer is yes. It goes on. Congress has already deferred the employer portion, and under the law, Mr. Trump can defer the 6.2% employee share. Here's the rub, folks. Canceling the payroll tax, your Social Security, you know, FICA stuff taxes, right? That, 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 uh, that payment requires an act of Congress. Canceling, in other words, telling you, Joe, you don't have to pay it at all. Mm-hmm. That's not what he did. Trump deferred it. So the deferment will have to be repaid. See how he puts Biden in a box here, Trump. This makes the tax cut a limited economic stimulus because employers and employees aren't going to change their behavior if they know they have to repay the tax in 2021. Here's the catch. Trump says he'll offer legislation if reelected to cancel the repayment. Biden has not promised to do the same, folks. <laughs> Again, tra- I'm not arguing if this is right or wrong. I'm giving you the mechanics of it so you can make a decision. Trump now has Biden in a box. He took the Pelosi trap, did the dipsy do flipperuski, dumps his trap on the Pelosi trap. He now signs an executive order saying you will not have to pay if you make under $104,000 a year, the payroll tax. You'll basically get a 6.2% raise in your check till December 31st. The simplest way for me to phrase it to you. But that money will have to be repaid later. He's saying, Trump, if reelected, I'm going to cancel the repayment and I'm going to work on some legislation, which they would need. They would need congressional approval, no doubt. Biden's not saying that. So now you have a choice, folks. You want to pay back that money to the government so they can waste it after the election? Or don't you? (laughs) Talk about a trap on a trap in another trap. So Trump wins. By the way, is it uh, legal? Yes, it is. Uh, Look up 26 USC uh, 7508. 26 USC 7508. By the way, uh, passed and pushed through in the Clinton administration, which gives the Treasury Secretary the power to do this. There's no question it's legal. Is it right? I just said I don't like executive orders. I wouldn't have done it that way. Is it legal? Absolutely. You may not like that it's legal, but it is. In contrast to Obama's executive orders, where he just makes things up. Here's the second tenet of this uh, core of the uh, Trump executive orders, this evictions and student loans. Uh, Trump's executive order basically says, listen, we're going to do something about people being evicted during the corona crisis, and we're going to stop people from paying interest on the loans. But how does he get around the legality of it? Quote, Wall Street Journal, the EOs, the executive orders extending relief on rental and homeowner evictions and interest on student loans are modest and also within the law. 
The eviction order, what Trump signed this weekend, is essentially a command for agencies to, quote, consider what can be done. The loan relief order is within Congress's grant of authority. It's only for three additional months through the end of the year for debt held by the Department of uh, Education. Again, entirely legal under 20 USC 1085. I have an article by Twitchy in the show notes today that uh, shows you a Twitter thread where they lay out these laws. That's 20 USC 1085. It's actually highlighted for your liberal friends who will insist Trump doesn't have the authority to do this. I'm not asking you to like it. I'm just telling you it is absolutely legal under 20 USC 1085 to defer that interest. It's right there in the law. You can read it yourself. May not like it, but it is what it is. This one will be a little more problematic. The third tenet of it was an extension of unemployment benefits where Trump is essentially taking some money that was assigned to FEMA and reallocating it towards unemployment benefits. They're going to have a problem with this one. Let me get to this last one here. Screenshot from, from uh, uh, the Wall Street Journal. Wall, uh, it says, Mr. Trump's worst order would be to re- redeploy up to $44 billion from FEMA disaster reliefs fund uh, to finance extra jobless benefits by 300 a week, plus 100 a week if states choose to match it with previous relief money. Now, this one, he could find himself in a bit of legal hot water. But again, I don't like executive orders, period, full stop. Is it legal? I don't know. He'll have a tough time and they'll probably get sued. Who's going to sue? Who's going to sue? The Democrats? You remember Friday's show? Trap, Traparuski, Dipsy Dooski, Flipperuski. You want to be Nancy Pelosi in the House of Representatives suing in the middle of the corona crisis over repartitioned and reallocated money that is going to people's unemployment benefits? I'm just asking. You know what? Trump will pro- may lose in court. Probably will lose in court on this one. The other two, he's fine. The other two are perfectly legal. The uh, evictions, the student loans, and the payroll tax deferment, entirely legal. They will get laughed out of court. This one, they'll probably win. You got an election coming up. You want to do that? The answer is the Democrats are so stupid up on the Hill that they probably will. They probably will sue and go to court to stop unemployment benefits. Good luck. Hope that works out for you. Uh, Let me just hit up on Obama quick, a couple of things about Obama. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Obama's done this frequently where he's entirely reinvented the law. And that's why I don't like executive orders, because we're going to get a liberal president again one day who's going to do the same thing. But remember when he reallocated that cost sharing money in Obamacare? It wasn't allocated by Congress. Yeah, remember that? Where were the Democrats on that one? Uh, The answer is nowhere. They were quiet. Um, remember Obama's issuing a work permits under DACA? No authority to do that whatsoever under an executive order. Matter of fact, so little authority to do it. Obama's actually on tape saying he can't do it. Remember that? I can't do it. I can't do it. I need Congress. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, that one. When he did it anyway. So, um, and finally, oh, the payroll tax. Remember when Obama suspended the payroll tax? I had video on it, but it's from another outlet and I can't... It's actually, I don't want to use it. It's actually Obama on tape saying, yeah, we're going to suspend the payroll tax and it's really great. So liberals, um, whereas we're principled on this, don't like executive orders, wish this would be handled a different way. Ours, one, in the first three cases are actually legal. And in the fourth case, don't like it, but go ahead and sue, have fun. But your opinion on executive orders is meaningless because you did nothing about the cost-sharing executive order, nothing about work permits on DACA, and nothing about the payroll tax when Obama's in office. So please. Mouth, 
No credibility whatsoever. All right, got a lot more to get to. Let me get to my second sponsor today. Again, our friends at ExpressVPN, you know I open up the show every day telling you to protect your online data from prying eyes. Do not let people start creeping into what you're doing online. Let's also talk about censorship on social media sites. What can you do about it? You don't want to cancel your Facebook and Twitter accounts. You know, they're supposed to be open platforms, but you don't need their content moderators acting like the op-ed section of the New York Times. So instead of letting social media sites revoke your right to free speech, how about revoking their right to your data? Oh, oh, you didn't think about that one, did you? Well, now you should. You could do just that. You could deactivate your social media accounts. Don't do that. Or you could use ExpressVPN. Well, how does that work? You ever wonder how these free-to-access sites like Facebook make all their money? They track your searches, your video history, and everything you click on. You are the product. When you use ExpressVPN, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. Why would you not want to do this? That makes your activity, your online activity, difficult to trace and to sell to advertisers. And ExpressVPN cannot be any easier to set up. You just tap one button on your phone or computer and you're protected. I can do it. I'm not the most tech-savvy cat out there. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data to protect you from hackers and internet bad guys. Go do this today. They've been a great sponsor of the show. Great. Terrific. It's finally time to say no to censorship and take back your online privacy at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Go to my special link. You'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free. You're not going to find a better deal. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Protect your online data today. Don't wait. Whew. All right, let's go. So I, I've been warning you about this fight coming to your door. When I say this fight, I mean the fight for the future of the country. I don't mean that hyperbolically. I don't mean it to scare you. I mean, anyone out there under the impression in the new Donald Trump era where we finally started to take the gloves off and fight back against the tyrannical left, anyone under the mistaken impression that, you know what, I'm just going to stay quiet during this whole thing and maybe the fight will pass me by, you, my friend, are absolutely wrong. Showing you again how this fight will come to your door because it's at my door every single day. Uh, here's a local newspaper, the TC Palm. Ah, uh, very got a story about the high school in my neighborhood. High school coach decided it'd be a good idea to get the team, using the high school logo, by the way, to put on Black Lives Matter t-shirts at Jensen Peach High School, sparking a school district investigation, TC Palm. You know, Black Lives Matter. You know, the Marxist group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the group with the founder. You know, that one, Joe. Joe's yeah. like, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah that one. That that's one. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pat- remember Patrice Colors? Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. one. The one we play the video all the time. Yep. The Marxist group. You know, the Marxist, Marxism, hundreds of millions of dead bodies, gulags, that that concentration yeah. camps, that kind of thing. Yeah, the Marxist. Yeah, those. So uh, Black Lives Matter's founders. Yeah, they're a Marxist group. They're trained organizers, right? That group. And the group that calls for dead cops. Not just dead cops, but now. You know, what do we want dead cops? We want them right now, not tomorrow. Um, not, you know, yes, sir, we want dead cops right now. Yeah, that group. So the football coach, uh, this guy down here in Jensen Beach High School, uh, you can uh, you can check that article. I think it's a good idea to use the high school team logo and throw it on there. I'm, I'm wondering if we would get the same treatment, by the way, Joe, if we decided to put a the uh, local Jensen Beach High School logo on with a MAGA shirt. On yeah. it. You think we'd, just yeah. Joe, just check, I'm just asking. Yeah. You think we'd get the same treatment? Oh, no, you know that. Yeah, of course no. not. We'd all be in prison you tomorrow bet. morning. We'd be in a gulag. Over in Siberia somewhere, like the Marxists. They would love that, too. So we'll see what happens to the uh, football coach over here in my neighborhood. Again, I, I don't put this out there to highlight my area. I'm just trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this fight's coming to your door. And if you're thinking to yourself, 
this is my kid's high school, like their football coach or whatever, and you have a similar problem around you. And you think, well, maybe if I stay quiet, they'll leave me alone. No, nobody's going to leave you alone. No one. I wish they would. You know, we all deserve a little bit of peace in our lives at some point. But as that famous quote I always use by Bernard Malamud in the book, The Natural, we all live two lives, the one we learn from and the one we live after that. Mm. And the true path to happiness is only through suffering. You're going to have to suffer a little bit too. These fights are coming to your door. I spoke out, put it on my Facebook this weekend, and I'll be following up, make sure with the school district that if I want to put a Blue Lives Matter shirt up, you know, for cops and people who put their lives on the line every day for our community. If this is allowed to stand, I'm going to ask if we can do that too. Why not, right? Can I yeah. use the school logo? You, apparently every other political message, you know, dead cops, Marxism groups, that's okay. So I'll be following up with that too. Other messages too, by the way. If it's A-OK -okay to use the school logo, maybe I'll just put it on the show with a big MAGA thing, hmm. right? Why not? Yeah. It's okay. So we'll be following up with that. Rest assured. I don't stay at any fights. All right, uh, moving on. Because again, as Joe said before the show, and he's right, he gets a sneak peek at the content. This is a loaded <laughs> show. So to put you in a little bit of a good mood today on Monday, hopefully a very good mood, folks, I lined up these stories this way for a reason. I try to keep some kind of a narrative going and a flow. This fight is coming to your door. That was kind of the downside. Nobody likes a fight, right? You know, nobody wants a fight. Everybody wants peace and harmony and happiness. But you can win. We've been demoralized and dejected. You get beat up a lot. Anytime you speak out, you're a racist and it's the phobic, phobophobic, phobophobe. You know, you don't like that. And you get tired of it. You can win these fights when you speak out collectively. What am I talking about? Remember the Democrats, Joe, just a week ago? The Democrats saying, we got to keep those schools shut down. Oh, yeah. But Mr. Democrat, there's not really a lot of evidence that kids are transmitters of the coronavirus in schools. And it's the fatality rate is, you know, four times less than the, than the flu. I think we should send the kids back to school. They have to kind of learn and stuff. And the Democrats were like, no way. Keep the kids locked up in solitary confinement until we can give the teachers union all the money they want. Remember that argument? You bet. Well, what kind of happened with that argument? Well, we were a little bit ahead of it. I told you that in Montgomery County, Maryland, otherwise known as occupied Montgomery County, Maryland, the bluest county in one of the bluest states in the country, parents erupted and were like, hell to the, uh, no, my kids going back to school. Blue County for liberals. That means Democrat. Democrat County in a Democrat state. They were like, no, no, no. My kids going back to school. Listen to this video. This is Chuck Schumer again, a threefer, a rare threefer appearance for hapless Chuck Schumer on the show. This is Chuck Schumer at the end of last week. Joe, apparently doing a total 180 on the school closings thing because you all spoke up and said, nah, my kid's going back to school. Check this out. Opening up the schools safely. If you don't open up the schools, you're going to hurt the economy significantly because lots of people can't go to work. Well. <laughs> I need you to laugh a little bit because, again, we're on terrestrial <laughs> radio now, and I think after seven seconds of silence, it kicks to a it best does. of. Yeah. But I'm taking a minute here to – was that – just – Paula, was that clip Donald Trump? I'm just saying – no, I'm getting a no. <laughs> but, Joe, that was definitely Chuck Schumer, right? Yeah, that was it. 
Call me crazy, Joe, but just two weeks ago, Donald Trump said the same thing and the media was destroying him, right? Like, yeah. we have to open up the schools. The kids are not really big transmitters of this and there's not going to be any way to open up the economy. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm checking. That was, I remember he that. He did say yep. that. Yep, yep. And you do. Yes, uh -huh. you do. And the Democrats said we were crazy, yeah. that we wanted to kill kids and stuff, right? That's right. You yeah. want all the kids dead and the teachers too, and the administration, and even the janitor. Everyone needs to be dead. You guys definitely want everybody dead. That yep. was the line, right? You know, the, as Greg Gutfeld said in our interview, the, what is the, the prison of two ideas? That you can't simultaneously handle opening schools and mitigating risk at the same time. If you want to open schools, you want people dead. The prison of two. It's a great way. That's Greg Gutfeld's big hat tip to him. Mm -hmm. The prison of two ideas. Also known as the prison of ignorance. Because you don't understand life is not about black or white decisions. It's the whole ethics curriculum in any college or in any business is based on the 99% of life, Joe, that's gray. Where there is no easy answer. And there isn't here. There's always a risk. Always to anything. There's a risk sending your kid to school where they catch the flu and God forbid, get really sick. There's a risk they could go to school and catch the norovirus and get you sick. There's a risk they could go to school and something could happen on the playground. The question isn't how do we stop all risk? It's how do we deal with it? But in the prison of two ideas, liberals want it imposed on us. Shut the schools down or you want people to die. They lost, lost, losers, you lost. Do you understand what it must have taken for Chuck Schumer to have to come out and face plant like that on a, a knowing that was going to go national right away? We got to open up the schools because of the economy. He was, they were saying the exact opposite. You won. You. My awesome, dedicated, superb, patriotic, sharpen your knuckles, fighting ready to go for 2020 audience that said, no, my kid's going back to school. And you reached out to your legislators. You emailed your congressman, your congresswoman. You emailed your senators. You emailed your governors, your state delegates, your city councils, your county councils. And sure enough, after two and three million emails from constituents, people were like, hey, this position, keeping the kids out of school is probably a loser. No time for victory laps, though. Yeah, maybe a little. Go take a lap. <laughs> maybe a half a lap. You won. Because we were right. Now, of course, the Democrats can't deal with us being right. And when I say right, I mean not that there's no risk. This is, ladies and gentlemen, this is a deadly virus. There's no, can we please just like, we have to put out basic facts because liberals are dunces and they don't, what they'll do is they'll sound clip the show. This is a deadly virus. For people with comorbidities, people in older age groups, even people in younger age groups with specific comorbidities. It's not a joke. It's not something that it's not funny time. This is a deadly virus and a plague that's affected the whole world and the economy. The question is virus or no virus. It's here, period. The question is, how do we deal with it? And the answer is clearly not to shut down schools. We won that debate because we understood from the start that although kids can get this, they are not immune. They are not, they may be partially resistant to some of the worst symptoms of it. They are hundred percent not immune kids in general. Some kids are, are because they've already had it. And some kids may have some degree of immunity from a, like a, you know, a, a, a similar type of coronavirus, but kids are not immune. Right. You can hundred percent get this and some will get sick, but the risk of them transmitting it again, speaking collectively to adults is very, very low. The Democrats didn't want that. Didn't want that. What do you mean, Dan? They wanted kids to transmit it? No. 
they wanted you to believe that kids are transmitters. Folks, there is no evidence out there that their kids are super spreaders. They can transmit it. There's no doubt. Are they the super spreaders that are going to get it at, uh, at school and bring it home to their parents? Very, very unlikely based on a number of studies out there that actually use genetic mapping to find out where people got it from. And the likelihood of getting it from children is extremely low. Joe, the left can't have that. Yeah. Even the Wall Street Journal of all places played into this. And I'm going to get to Drudge in a second because, you know, the Drudge Report is a total embarrassment. Again, full disclosure, I, I my competitor, Bongino Report, is is a news aggregator too that actually does the truth, unlike Drudge. But Drudge, which still has a large following, there's no denying it, Drudge is all in on hysteria now. So the Wall Street Journal bought into this kid super spreader hysteria. Look at this headline. I want you to pay attention to this headline because the headline you would think would match up in the article. Just checking, right? You write a headline about guy robbed bank. You expect to read and disturb about a guy robbing a bank. Pay attention to this headline. Let me read it. Wall Street Journal. Latest research points to children carrying and transmitting coronavirus. Oh, whoa, what? Oh, it does. Even the Wall Street Journal. Joe. Yeah. So you're reading the headline, Joe. Yeah. The latest research, so apparently there's research out there showing children can carry and transmit the coronavirus. Ladies and gentlemen, it's huge. Maybe we should shut the schools down, right? Maybe Chucky e. Schumer a couple weeks ago was right before he wasn't right, and then unrighted and rewrited himself again. So clearly, somewhere in the article, Joe, based on the headline, the research has shown that children are transmitting this. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm well, just you, asking. Right? Yeah, you'd I mean, think mm -hmm. headline. Well, okay. I mean, I, sometimes I need Joe to like ground this in <laughs> some common sense here. Yeah, you. So let's look at the article where it says that. Um, it says, and some researchers found, this is the same article, folks. Some researchers found children carry high levels of COVID-19's genetic material in their upper respiratory tract, which doesn't mean they are transmitting the virus, but that they potentially could. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me read that again. So again, the headline, research, latest research points to children carrying and transmitting coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's read that last part which doesn't mean they are transmitting the virus, but that they potentially could. Jeez. Hold on. It's, it's, uh, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to have fuzzy, unfuzzy my shirt. I I'm sorry I'm stepping away from the mic. I know radio ah. listeners hate that, but I just... The Wall Street Journal, which I, I enjoy a lot, to be fair, but it, that... You, you think you may want to put that in your headline that that's actually not what the research says? That it could potentially, they could potentially, of course they could potentially transmit it. No one's denying that. But the headline seems to say that research says they are trained. Like this is like a huge, huge problem, Joe. Kids, you got to keep the kids out of school. They're the super spreaders. Yeah. Now the journalists say that in a headline, but again, the headline is not what the article actually says. It says, well, we don't really have a lot of evidence of that, but they could do it. I could do a lot of things. I yeah. could be Captain America tomorrow if they invent the super serum, inject it in my veins. Muscles explode. I'm, what's it, Steve Rogers? I'm throwing Captain America throws his mighty shit. I'm doing that tomorrow. But none of that's happening because it hasn't happened. Although it could potentially happen when the super serum comes out. I'd love to see it. Sign me up. But it hasn't happened. So don't report in the Wall Street Journal that Dan Bongino is, in fact, Captain America because he's not. He's not. He loves America, but he's definitely no captain. 
And given my arthritis, I am definitely not throwing any mighty shields. It is not happening. The shield's throwing me. But it could happen. You may say this can't possibly get any worse, this article, given the headline. Children are transmitting it. Research. <laughs> oh, no, it does. Oh. Uh, check this one out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to, can I, for the YouTubers, can you believe this? Because I know you on YouTube are reading ahead here. You watch. You believe this? The radio listeners are like, what does it say? What does it say? Yeah. The study didn't show children were able to transmit the virus. Yet the findings suggest children are likely capable of spreading the virus. Holy smokes. What are you going to do? <sighs> do you have the Donnie Brasco drop? I think we haven't I do used that in forever. Around. That was the perfect time for that. Oh, Here it God. is. What are you going to do? Play it again. What are you going to do? Play it again. What are you going to do? I don't know, Donnie. <laughs> we haven't used that in like forever. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. Headline, research. Children are spreading and transmitting what, coronavirus. It implies that. Article, the study did not show they're transmitting coronavirus. I, I, I. Now, of course, you go to Drudge, which picks up the hysteria right away because the Drudge Report's an embarrassment. Here's a Drudge Report. There you go. That's a screenshot of my actual phone, DrudgeReport.com. Latest research points to children carrying and transmitting dot, dot, dot. Well, of course, he wants to get you to click on it. Coronavirus. Folks, again, I, I have a obviously a business interest. We don't hide them um, at Bongino Report, which is the alternative to Drudge's Mayhem. If you're looking for sanity, please use Bongino Report. We'll give you the truth, unlike the Drudge hysteria. Yeah, Matt, uh, you know, maybe you want to put in your headline that that's the actual report said the opposite that the study didn't show that and they could potentially transmit it. Like you could potentially be a conservative too, but you're not. I wonder where this story was at Drudge, by the way, before I get to my next sponsor. Um, I, I didn't see this one up there. Is this on Drudge? The Times UK? Maybe. You may, you may want to check it out. Uh, maybe you should put this up at Mongino Report. Uh, pupils pose little risk of spreading COVID. The Times UK, not a right-wing outlet, folks. A study suggests there is little evidence the virus is transmitted at school, according to a scientist who backs reopening. I went, I, I'm just, where was that story? Was that right below the Drudge story? Or what about in the journal? I'm just asking. I mean, did you cite that? I may, I may have been linked in the journal one. I mean, check it out. Again, I like the Wall Street Journal. They do great work. This headline was grossly irresponsible. I'm very sorry. Where was that story? That children pose, quote, little risk. Nowhere, because the Democrats are fully invested in school hysteria. All right, I got one more about trade-offs. I'm going to get to it in a second. Let me just get to my uh, third sponsor today, uh, Paint Your Life. I get, and then we got, to, we got a lot of spiking. It's going to be a loaded show. It may go a little long today, but bear with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Paint Your Life. You want the perfect gift, the perfect gift, and an original gift you're not going to get anywhere else? Go to paintyourlife.com. Paintyourlife.com. Get an original painting by a world-class artist done by hand from a photo. We just recently celebrated Amelia's first communion. It was a special day for a lot of us. Some of you saw the pictures. Well, some of you are going to see a picture on a painting because we sent it in and we're waiting for hours to come back. It was a great moment in our life. It's a great idea for any special occasion. At Paint Your Life, you get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. Choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them until every detail is absolutely perfect. 
The platform is so user-friendly. You can order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. It's that easy. Get a hand-painted portrait delivered in about three weeks. Send any picture, you, your kids, family, Amelia's communion, in our case, a special place, a cherished pet, combined photos. You can do that too. Makes a wonderful gift. Birthdays, anniversaries, a wedding gift for people at the wedding. It's a gift that's meaningful, personal. It can last and be cherished forever. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now, it's a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word DAN to 64000. Text the word DAN to 64000, 64000. Text DAN to 64000, 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Check it out, paintyourlife.com or text DAN, D-A-N, to 64000. All right, getting back to the show. So just showing you again how trade-offs, trade-offs are real, ladies and gentlemen. Sane people know this. There are no black or whites. There are no, as Gutfeld says, Greg, you know, the, the prison of two ideas. You send the kids back to school, then you want people to die. That's two stupid ideas that are obviously, there's a huge gray area in between. In between. Everything in life is on the margin. You don't ask in the winter black or white questions like, do you want the heat on or not? You ask how much? The margins, the degrees, everything's about a degree. How much of one compared to how much of another? How much cold are you willing to accept in contrast to how much money are you willing to spend on heat? That's how you reach a middle ground, what sane people do. Everything in life is on the margin. Treating these situations during Corona as if there are no trade-offs, shut down the economy or you want people to die, is really stupid. And making other decisions like, what do you want, prisoners in prison to die with corona? Of course we're going to let them out. Leads to other tragic, disastrous situations like this. Look at this Fox 5 article. This one's tough to watch or look at. Fox 5. Maryland murder suspect was freed due to COVID concerns before allegedly stabbing a 63-year-old to death. So again, when you're stuck in that prison of two ideas, prisoners in prison during Corona, what do you want them to die of Corona? Instead of suggesting, well, maybe we should try to work on the situation with the Corona and the prison and mitigate it, but letting these prisoners out, one, may spread the coronavirus into the population, and two, may lead to things like prisoners committing crimes again, like allegedly murdering this woman. story will be in the show notes one more quick one will be in the show notes you want to see here but there's an article at BizPack too i saw it's up actually at bonginoreport.com about masks again trade-offs you can make a decision if you want to wear a mask five no problem with masks again i only have problems with government mandates you think a mask is going to save you that's that's great if you have a business you want people to wear masks in there it's fine that's your decision but it's an interesting article in my show notes today bongino.com slash newsletter if you want to subscribe to the newsletter that is the show notes how dentists are seeing an uptick in what they call mask mouth. What is mask mouth? What? They're seeing a huge, yeah, I know. I, I had to read the article twice because huh. I thought I was reading it wrong. Apparently, Joe, when you wear a mask all day, 
Yeah. You breathe through your mouth more. Yeah, when no. you breathe through your mouth more with a mask on, I don't know, Donnie. I don't know. You don't have to cut that. I know you hit that by accident, but you can leave it in there because <laughs> I love Donnie. What are you going to do? And he said, it's worth a four. It's worth four. But what happens with mask mouth is because you breathe through your mouth, you dry out your mouth. I'm right. not a dentist. I'm not pretending to me. I'm just telling you it was in the article. The dry mouth and the lack of saliva incentivizes bacterial growth leading to more cavities. So dentists are, so you can read the articles in my show notes today. Dentists are seeing a huge uptick in the uh, in oral disease and oral problems in people's mouths because they're wearing masks all day. I'm not telling you not to wear a mask. I'm just telling you the prison of two ideas, wear a mask or you want people to die is again, a stupid prison you put yourself in. There is a large gray area in there that is worth talking about. We will continue to talk about it on our show while liberal shows can continue to stick themselves in the stupid prison. We're not doing it here. Okay, this is funny. This is really good stuff. Uh, this is just kind of a one of those mental health breaks in the middle of the show because it's always loaded with material. Uh, here's President Trump on, oh, was it Saturday, signing the executive orders or Friday, whenever it was. He's up in Bedminster in his club in New Jersey. And some of the club members came in and sat in the back or stood in the back of the press conference. And of course, the media, you know, the media folks out there were like, well, these people are here and they're not wearing masks. Ah! So President Trump had probably the greatest comeback I think I've seen in his three and a half years of his presidency. Watch this one speaks for itself. Check this out. Yeah, please go ahead. Thank you, Mr. President. You said that the pandemic is disappearing, but we lost 6,000 Americans this week. And just in this room, you have dozens of people. You're not following the guidelines in New Jersey, which they you should not have. No, they don't have to. This is a political activity. <laughs> You're wrong on that because it's a political activity. They have exceptions, political activity, and it's also a peaceful protest. So when you have, and, and as you know. <laughs> Moving on. Gotta love this guy sometimes. I know it drives liberals crazy. You really got to love this guy. No, no, they're okay. It's a peaceful product. <laughs> Do I have any gadgets in here? Oh, dude. Yeah, let's try this. We haven't used this thing in a while. Let's see. Is there a fun? Someone sent me this a long time ago. Huh. Okay. <laughs> let's see if there's a... Someone sent me this now. Not exactly high-tech sound effects, but nonetheless, <laughs> peaceful protest, folks. Uh, all right, let me get on to some serious stuff. So Spygate, huge, huge breaks. I, I know a lot of you uh, listen to my show for the Spygate insights. Um, I, I'm not like teasing them to keep them at the end. There's just so much going on. I got to pack it in. I want to spend some time on this. This is important. Huge revelation this week and a newly declassified document emerged. And I misspoke about it. On Fox this morning, about a time I'm very, I'm going to correct it here. I meant to say a year and I said a month. So I want to get to that in a second. But article in the Washington Examiner by the great Jerry Dunleavy, who does terrific work. Again, be in the show notes. And I encourage you to please link on it, uh, link to it and read it from the show notes. It's terrific. Lindsey Graham, declassified document shows the FBI misled the Senate about the Steele dossier. Folks, this story is again, huge. It, it's, I can't even describe to you the depravity we're looking at here. Well, what happened? 
Keep in mind, in January of 2017, the FBI, to keep this really simple, knows the dossier used to spy on Trump, that you know compendium of crappy memos written allegedly by Christopher Steele, the PP stuff. They know it's fake. Because they've interviewed Steele's sources and Steele's source, the primary subsource. They interviewed him in January. Keep in mind the timeline here. Danchenko is the primary source, primary subsource. Danchenko is telling the FBI in January of 2017. This stuff is rumor, innuendo. It's I can't verify any of this. And then he's saying, I didn't even say that. Everybody tracking me? The Bureau in January of 2017 knows their entire case, the PP tape, and the dossier to spy on Trump is junk. Got that? Why does this briefing that the FBI gave to the Senate matter? Because, ladies and gentlemen, it happened in February of 2018. 2018? Yeah, 2018. A year after the FBI knows their entire case for collusion based on the PP dossier is fake because the guy the PP dossier is attributed to has told them it's fake. The guy, Danchenko, who is Steele's primary subsource. He's like, listen, I didn't say that. And this other stuff was just rumor. Let's go back to Jerry Dunleavy's piece to describe how sick this really is. So the Bureau, now, Christopher Wray, third or fourth worst director in FBI history, has been the FBI director for about seven to eight months when this briefing happens. He sends the FBI up to Capitol Hill. You'd think they'd be like, keep this up for a second. You'd think they'd be like, hey, Senate, be wary. We interviewed steel sources and this is all crap. That's not what happened. Here's from Jerry Dunleavy's piece. The FBI's newly declassified briefing document dated February 14, 2018. It's a document where they're getting, they're getting ready to brief the Senate. And this is what they're doing. Claim that the primary subsource, that guy Danchenko, said that, quote, several reports appeared to be uh, derived from multiple sources to include the information he provided to Steele, as well as information that he had not collected. And that, quote, he did not cite any significant concerns with the way his reporting was characterized in the dossier to the extent he could identify it. Wait, wait, let me read that sentence again. The FBI is preparing a briefing to brief the Senate a year after they know Steele's source is saying, hey, this stuff's not true. Yet they're saying in the briefing packet that the source did not cite any significant concerns with the way his reporting was characterized in the dossier. You understand that's a, a absolute lie. That is the source said the exact opposite, a 180. He was concerned about all the information attributed to him in the dossier. All of it. Did not cite any significant concern. That's a lie. They're lying. Folks, Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, has got to go. Did he authorize this? Who knew about this? You sent your agents up to Congress, up to the Senate, to brief the Senate, citing that the source they'd spoken to for Steele didn't cite any significant concerns, despite the source expressing a number of highly critical concerns? Ladies and gentlemen, Ray's got to go. He swore in my wife's birthday, August 2nd, 2017. Eight months later, his FBI is going up to the Senate and absolutely lying still to this day about what's in the dossier, who said it, and concerns they had about it. Disgusting. Just disgusting. Ray has got to go. Please, just step aside. 
We know about your relationship with Sally Yates, the extensive history you have with her. We know about you. This guy is swamp through and through. He has got to go. Secondly, I said this morning on Fox, just a quick correction. I said that um, Barr doesn't get appointed to a year later. I said he was appointed. I meant to say a year. I said on Fox this morning, Barr's appointed a month later. Barr's not, uh, doesn't take the attorney general spot till, uh, till later on, till 2019. But one of the other reasons this is significant, the point I got across on Fox is totally valid. The reason the FBI is lying here is because they know if they go up to the Senate, they know it's going to leak. And they say, listen, all the sources we used to spy on Trump are bogus. This collusion thing is fake. They know Bob Mueller is going to have to drop his case. So they lie and they sweep all of it under the rug, hoping they can nail Trump, get him out of office on an obstruction charge and keeping all of this from the attorney general's office, including Bill Barr, who takes the seat a year later and is absolutely onto this scam. Just gross, folks. Just totally gross. All right, I've got some killer video. One last sponsor, and I've got some killer video you're going to want to stay tuned for from Maria Bartiromo's just stunningly good show on Fox in the weekend. She had two, she had Lindsey Graham on about this, and then she had Stephen Schrage. You're like, Stephen Schrage? That, that's going to be important in a minute. Stay tuned. Final sponsor today, our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. Ladies and gentlemen, I love this. Love it. Field of Greens. We take it every day. Paula takes it twice a day, sometimes three times a day. What is Field of Greens? What is this what I'm holding right here? It's a superfood, not some cheap supplement flooding the market. These crap pills out there full of extract. They claim to be good for you. It's garbage. This is real fruits and vegetables, wholesome, high quality, healthy fruits and vegetables packed with vitamins and antioxidants ground up into a powder that tastes good and it's super easy to prepare. I always throw it in some tomato juice or green tea. It's really good. The difference is right on the back of the jar. I want a hat tip, by the way, the liberal reporters who play this commercial on the Twitter feed. Uh, get the website right to it. It's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. We appreciate it. If you could highlight this too, we'd appreciate this too. The difference on the back of the jar is right here. You notice what it says there? Can you read that? It says nutrition facts. Why does that matter? Because if it was a supplement, in other words, some crappy fruit and vegetable extract, it would say supplement facts. It's not. This is food. Healthy. Fruits and vegetables scooped into one scoop of Field of Greens, a full serving of USDA, organic fruits and vegetables that'll power you with clean energy and fuel a healthier and happier lifestyle. That's important right now. We want to be healthy. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. I swear by this stuff and get 15% off your first order with promo code Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up your bottle of Field of Greens today. Comes in a nice berry flavor too. Pick it up today. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Use promo code Dan. You won't regret it. It's really good stuff. Field of Greens. Pick it up today. Okay. So a little bit of background on what happened on Maria Bartiromo's show, Sunday, Sunday Morning Futures on Fox this weekend. She had a guy on by the name of Stephen Schrage, who's been on my list of interesting, let's say, people for a very long time now. Who was Schrage? Well, Schrage was basically an understudy for his PhD to Stefan Halper. Stefan Halper was the spy who was spying on members of the Trump team in collusion with government intelligence entities. Government. Notice I didn't say U.S. government. Them too, but government U.S. intelligence entities. Former and present. Halper's work intersected with Schrage's work because they were working together on this PhD thing where, where Halper was kind of a mentor to him. But 
Schrage organizes a conference in July of 2016. Follow me, because this is important. At that conference, that conference is the first time we see Carter Page creep into the scandal. Carter Page is the man spied on. He was a Trump team member who had left the Trump team, but a FISA warrant was issued to spy on Carter Page, alleging he was colluding with the Russians. The first time they meet is at this conference that Schrage, again, an understudy to Halper, organizes. Halper and Page meet there at this July conference. It's important. I want to go into some video here, from, video audio from this clip. Here is Schrage, who's now saying, hey, I'm a whistleblower. I'm, I'm going to hold judgment on what his intentions are yet, but I can only take it face value. He made his first appearance on Maria Bartiromo show this weekend and had three huge fireworks explosions go off. Number one, remember, nobody knows the spy spying on the Trump team. Halper, better than Schrage, they're working together on his PhD. He brings up a question. Joe, did we not say this years ago? What is the biggest scandal in Spygate? The biggest scandal is not just that the FBI, Halper and others spied on the Trump team while mm -hmm. they were running for office, political spying. That's a huge scandal. The biggest scandal is, did you pay for it? Was the United States government, through the Pentagon's ONA, Office of Net Assessment, using taxpayer money, to pay Halper to spy on the Trump team and to take down a three-star general in General Mike Flynn? Well, who would know better than Schrage, who worked with Halper, who was on the receiving end of those ONA contracts? Listen to this one. So let me go back to Stefan Halper for a minute. Sure. This is your PhD supervisor. Right. The, the Office of Net Assessments awarded him four contracts between May of 2012 and September of 2016. Right. In, uh, in, in September of 15, he was awarded a contract valued at $245,000 to study Russia and China. Characterize that. Do do are these the kind of money? These the kind of paychecks you get for doing a report on on China and Russia? And isn't it interesting that just months later, after he was awarded another contract of four hundred and eleven thousand dollars, then the wiretapping of Carter Page started? Yes, I, I have never heard of that in an academic setting. You know, providing that much uh, compensation for these types of reports. Again. Self-praise stinks, so we'll try to avoid it at all costs. I just don't want you to think you've been wasting your time on this show. My next book launches October 9th. It's available for pre-order now. Follow the money. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, elsewhere, wherever you get your books online. The chapter on this entire scandal, it's not the whole book's on it, but it's about other things. George Soros' connection to this liberal movement, everything that's going on what happened with the Wuhan virus. It always follows the money trail. But the chapters we have on this are stunning. Did you pay for this? I told you, I think three years ago. There it is. Thank you, Miss Paula. The scandal isn't just, did we spy the United States government on political people for political reasons based on a fake PP dossier? The real scandal is, did you pay for it? You hear Shragi there? Again, this is Halper's understudy there, saying, I've never heard of such a thing. Six-figure contracts paid to Halper during this time period were spying on the Trump team for research on Russia? I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah, either have I. Remember, Halper really dislikes Mike Flynn, apparently, based on some of the information uh, that is leaked, believed to be Halper and his FBI thing. 
uh, briefing. Did, was Halper involved in the takedown of Flynn too? Well, let's go into that a little bit. Why does Halper have such an interest in Mike Flynn? Maybe because Mike Flynn it was a former intelligence official who knows exactly what's going on. And maybe because Mike Flynn's buddy who worked at the Office of Net Assessments, the one that was paying Halper with your taxpayer dollars, you know, the Pentagon office. You know, Mike Flynn's buddy was an actual whistleblower and blew the whistle about payments from the ONA using your tax dollars to Halper. Flynn had to be taken out. Was he going to blow the whistle on this whole intelligence scandal? U.S. taxpayer money being paid to target Obama's political opponents? Halper being on the receiving end of some of those monies? Why does Halper have such an interest in Mike Flynn? Well, Schrage was smart enough to tape Stefan Halper. Apparently, Halper knew he was being taped. Here's another clip from the Maria Bartiromo show, and I want you to listen. This clip's about a minute, minute and a half, but it's worth your time. This is Halper talking about, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is before the Washington Post article, before the Washington Post article launches about Flynn's call with the Russians. What should that say to you, Joe? You got to follow me here because this is going to be important. Yeah. The only people before the Washington Post writes about Flynn's call with the Russians, the one he was questioned by the FBI about and subsequently prosecuted for. Disingenuously, I might add. The only people who know about Flynn's call with the Russians are the Russians, Flynn, a couple transition team members, and the FBI who listened in on the call. Joe, whose name is not in there? Hmm. Halper. Mm-hmm. The only way Halper could have possibly found out if someone didn't tell him about the Flynn phone call, sharing classified information, by the way, would be if he read it in the Washington Post. But the Washington Post article doesn't come out till two days after this recorded conversation. You may want to ask yourself, how is Halper so sure that Flynn is, quote, effed? They got a blank that. How does he know that? Listen to Halper talking to Schrage two days before it became public knowledge about the call. This is on January 10th, 2017, two days before there was a leak in The Washington Post that General right. Flynn was going to be investigated about the Logan Act. And you recorded Stefan Halper talking about Flynn. Let's roll that recording right now. If you go in the NSC, you have to uh, you have to consider very carefully Mm-hmm. Uh, if you feel it's it's appropriate for you to work for Flint or yeah. you want to work with, I don't think Flint's going to be around long. Yeah, I mean that's just my guess. But right, uh, right. the way the thing these things work, you inevitably find yourself at odds with someone. Yeah, yeah. I mean you always do. Yeah, probably lots of people. Right, and when you're Opponents, some we'll call them enemies, but when people right, who right, oppose right. you right. are looking for ways of uh, exerting pressure, they go to people that they know you're at odds with. Right, right. And that's how it builds, mm-hmm. and then eventually you get squeezed yeah. pretty hard. And that, that was my kind of lesson. See, but Flynn's reaction to that is to blow up and get angry. Yeah, yeah. He's really, I mean, I don't know where he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is his reaction. Right. That's why he's so unsuitable. Hmm. How does 
How does Halper know Flynn is effed? How does Halper know about the pressure that's going to be exerted upon them? How does Halper know that Flynn's days are numbered? Who, 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 who's telling him that? Yeah. Now, you may say he's guessing. Well, guessing based on what? January 4th, which is six days before this tape, January 4th, that's, that's January 10th. The article comes out in the Washington Post January 12th, so you have your timeline down. On January 4th, the FBI is trying to close out the case on Flynn because they have, quote, no, quote, no, quote, no derogatory information. That wasn't a radio skip. That's me. So you understand. So if the FBI, with all the powers of the United States government's intelligence, counterintelligence, and law enforcement apparatus, could find, quote, no derogatory information on Flynn by January 4th, then what does Halper know six days later? Did someone leak that they were going to put in the Washington Post the classified details of Flynn's call? Did they leak Flynn's call to Halper? Oh. That would be a felony. You realize that, right? That Flynn's calls and the content of it with the Russian ambassador are highly classified. That would be a felony. Halper has no classification authority to have access to that data or information. Neither does the Washington Post. Folks, there was another gem in here. And again, I bring it up in context of my new book because, again, self-praise really does stink. But I never want you to think you're wasting your time here. I warned you years ago that the real scandal, number one, was the Office of Net Assessment Payments. In other words, Trump was spied on. That's bad enough. But you paid for it. It's highly likely you paid for it through the Pentagon to pay some of these people. Contracts we know happened. The only question now is what they were for exactly. Six-figure contracts. Shraggy's like, that sounds really weird. I warned you about that. I warned you about Halper and Flynn. But one of the other things I cover in my book are people, specifically Kathy Rumler, Steve Soma, and Anthony Ferrante, who have managed to escape scrutiny in the Spygate thing, despite all three of them being key players in various portions of that scandal and other ones. Steven Soma, who's that? Why is he important? What does that have to do with the spy, Halper, and the spy potentially being paid to spy by the government and then going after Flynn, a three-star general who knew what they were up to? What is Stephen Soma? Who is that? What does that have to do with anything? Well, listen to this clip. This is the last clip from Maria Bartiromo's show. This is a short one. But Shragi says, you know, there's this guy, this FBI handler, and I can't believe no one's talked to this guy yet. Who's that handler he's talking about in this clip? The guy in my book. Stephen Soma, check this out. The key part, and I think the real smoking gun in all this is, you know, all these tentacles lead back to this small group, including Stefan Halper at the center of Spygate, Christopher Steele at the center of Russiagate, Stefan Halper's FBI handler. None of the Senate has subpoenaed these or called these people to talk in four years. I wrote the book like a year ago. Most we added to it with updated information. There's a whole chapter on Soma. That's that's Stefan Halper's handler who he's talking about. Why does Shragi, who knows Halper better than anyone, why is Shragi saying he's so important? 
Oh, it's in the book. You got to buy it. No, just kidding. I never do that to you. Imagine <laughs> that. It's in the book. You got that. would be really cheesy. It is in the book if you like a summation, but I'll tell you right here. And you can read in more detail where it's all footnoted in the book too. That would be really nasty, wouldn't it? <laughs> Pick up my book today or I'm not going to tell you. Um, because ladies and gentlemen, August 10th, the FBI opens, uh, August 10th uh, of 2017, the FBI opens up cases, criminal cases, uh, excuse me, 2016, August 10th, 2016, opens up criminal cases against Paul Manafort, Carter Page, and George Papadopoulos. But they don't open up, open up a case against Mike Flynn. We know Halper doesn't like Flynn. That's not a mystery, especially after listening to these calls, which that happened after. But to be clear, there's a relationship there. It's not a good one. So when the FBI doesn't open up a case on August 10th, something mysterious happens the next day, August 11th. Halper shows up at the FBI office. Wow. At the behest of his and working with his handler, Stephen Soma, who Shragi's referencing in this clip, saying, hey, how have you not talked to this FBI handler yet? How did Halper know to show up the next day after they don't open up the case on Mike Flynn? He shows up the next day, handlers all, you know, they're all involved in this, doing their handling, Steve Soma. Shows up the next day and mysteriously, Two working days later, the case is opened up on Mike Flynn after Halper volunteers some information. Weird, isn't it? What else appears on August 10th after the FBI doesn't open up a case on Mike Flynn, which clearly bothered some of the people who hated Mike Flynn? Because remember, the headquarters division and some of these agents who were working to take down Trump, they weren't all talking at the same time. What do you mean he didn't open up a case on Flynn? We'll handle that. Bring in Stephen Halper. Captain Anti-America. Bring him in. Bring in. Go get Soma. He's his handler. He'll bring him in. All of a sudden, the case is opened up against Mike Flynn, but not without this little piece of information, this little nugget that appeared as well. Remember, Christopher Steele's the alleged author of the dossier. There's a relationship there with Steele and Halper that's yet to come out. Maybe through other proxies, but it's there. All of a sudden, on August 10th, this dossier shows up. Convenient timing, right? Small print. You don't need to read it. Bottom line is we have it. It mentions Mike Flynn for the first time. And what's the date on this dossier? How Flynn may be working with the Russians. Oh, boy. August 10th, 2016. You dig? Someone in the FBI working with Halper and others in the anti-Trump cabal want to take him down are clearly upset the Bureau didn't open up an official case on Mike Flynn on August 10th. So they bring in the ringer, Stefan Halper, with the FBI handler, Soma. Soma, by the way, who knows Christopher Steele's uh, uh, handler, this agent Gata, they work together in New York. Steele's handler, Halper's handler. Steele produces a dossier August 10th. Halper's handler produces Halper August 10th. And all of a sudden, a few days later, August 16th, a couple working days later, a case is opened up to take down Mike Flynn. The details in the book are pretty horrific. We go through it at length, footnoted to death. We put a ton of homework. That chapter was a long, I read the audible. That chapter was the longest one to read. Pick it up today. Highlight it, dog ear it. You're going to love it. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Joe and I have a nice special surprise show for you. Don't miss Friday's show. Um, we're going to be announcing something. I'm a little hesitant to announce it now. It's not an interview thing per se. Like I'm, we're not, 
you know, we're hoping to get President Trump back, but it's not that. I I'm not like, uh, but it's something I've been promising for a while and we're going to finally get her done. All right. Or get it done, I should say. I speak in proper English. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe to my YouTube show, youtube.com slash Bongino. Do not miss the shows this week. We'll maybe drop you a couple of clues, all right, tomorrow. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts, youtube.com slash Bongino. Really appreciate it. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen.